Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public for your next project, go to RMFP.com. Quick programming note. We're going to be ending at the bottom of the hour. We have Colorado State basketball on the air as they have advanced in their tournament. Good for the Rams. The Paradise Jam against Northeastern. Not Northwestern, Northeastern. Right. A, A directional school. But it's not. You say directional school. I know. I is Northwestern a directional school? No, I. I then I'm Northeastern s- isn't. I, I, is this is this the fight you really want to pick? I'm not picking a fight. I'm just pointing out. You're just correcting me. I'm just saying, like you're just correcting. Directional me. schools are like in a state, that. like I, Southwest Missouri State. I know. Actually, they're just Missouri State now. They're not a directional school. Well, they anymore. used to. They used to be. They were. I remember. Yeah, they yeah. had a big upset. A couple of big upsets as Southwest Missouri State. Yeah. Back in the day when Steve Alford was coaching, right? I can always another another time when uh, Charlie Spoonhour was coaching. I there. can always count on you to correct me on air at least once. But like, is Southern California a directional school? Sure. Yeah, but technically it would be right. There we go. Yes. Okay. But there's such a negative association with directional schools mm-hmm. that a lot of them have changed, like Southwest Missouri becoming Missouri State, right? For example. Right. Like Southwest Texas State just becoming Texas State. You know why Northwestern is probably called Northwestern? Because at one point, it was uh, when it was founded, it was probably the Northwestern uh, part of uh, the United States at that point. No, actually, it's um, actually it is Northwest of Chicago. That's why it's called Northwestern? No, I have no idea, but I'm guessing that's why it is. I figured it was because it dated back to the 19th, the 19th century before there was like a, before You're the United States went coast to coast, you get way too complicated. And it was concerned. Look, I'm Michi- just giving you the geography. Michigan's of fight. Look, Michigan's fight song refers to the champions of the West, does it not? I guess it is. Would you consider Michigan in the West today? Uh, no, but maybe back in the late 19th century, you would. Well, if you look at that famous poster of the New Yorker, it definitely is West because yes. there's New York and then there's everything else. Time now for the league. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. No new owner, no problem. George Payton is spending somebody's money, and he doesn't know who's going to be footing the bill. I was told going into the season, cash for this year and for the normal business of football operations was not a problem for the Broncos. Right. That they were in fi- they were in fine shape there to do whatever they needed and look, if the team is sold, that's fu- that's fine. Whoever is the owner knows what the revenue streams are going to be right. both league wide right. and from the team. This is That's it, what a PNL statement is for. Yes, it, it's it's not getting this done it was an issue. Oh, by the way, last year remember teams were allowed to take on more short-term debt in the wake of the COVID pandemic. Yep. And the the way things the, the way things are structured with revenues that are coming because of the TV and streaming contracts, these bills are all gonna be all gonna be paid By the there's way, there's no worry there. There there is a narrative out there 
whoever started this, whoever is fanning the flames, I, I don't understand it because it is just so 100% inaccurate, and you can make the case it ties to this. The Broncos aren't going to be able to hire a new head coach until they have an owner. No, that's not true. They are not going to wait for an owner before they hire a head coach. Now, the just like the with head this, coach candidate may when the interview goes on and they and George Payton says, Do you have any questions for us? The head coach candidate may be may say, I have one. Mm-hmm. What do you expect the ownership situation is going to look like eight months from now? We, 12 months And the from answer now. is I don't know because I don't know who has right. won the bid to right. buy the team. But likening the coaching search to this, business as usual. You have to keep moving on. If you wait for a coach, you're not you're going to be stuck with right. whoever, right? And the same thing with this. If you feel you need to sign Sutton and Patrick, you have to do it. You can't wait for, wait for a new owner to improve to to be approved. That's what a PNL state. And is. the other thing is this, if you're George Payton, you are planning on being in the job. Right. So you can't sit there and make moves based on, oh, I don't know if this uh, if, if the owner's going to like owner's it. going to like me. You make the moves based on the belief that the new owner will retain you as general manager, will retain your management team. If the new owner chooses to make another move and and bring in their own people, that's their issue. But it should not deter you from planning as though you are building toward what it's going to look like two years from now, three years from now, et cetera. And by the way, this the contracts the last two days, they work very well hand-in-hand hand with getting Jerry Judy done in a few years as well. One more thing. Joe Ellis has come under a lot of fire for the way this team has performed since Peyton Manning retired. But for all the people who have jumped all over Joe, Joe Ellis, and rightfully so for some reasons, Let's give him credit for something. And this is what we need to give him credit for. When teams are looking to sell, they liquidate. They lower the overhead expenses to make the price more attractive to a new owner. Joe Ellis greenlit these signings. The Broncos like any business, would usually go in the opposite direction, not add payroll. To Joe Ellis's credit, he said, do what you got to do. Whatever the Bolin kids get offered is what they get offered. It helps that there are only 32 of these franchises, and on average, one comes available only every few years. Right. So that that works in favor of continuing to have business as usual because it's not like you're trying to strip down the asset to make it price to sell right. no this thing is going to be sell. sold at a premium price no right. matter what happens and oh by the way a contract like that getting a couple of good players that you could say probably less than they would have gotten on the market in the very very short term makes it Slightly more attractive, but really, I don't think this has an effect one way or another on the attractiveness of the asset. With that, Sutton, hold on. You okay there? I've COVID. Um, And I didn't didn't cover my mouth. Yeah. Uh, Cortland Sutton has a new deal. Okay, $60 million, $35 million signing bonus. Tim Patrick recently signed. As you said, a lot of money has been given to those guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, With that, George Payton talked about that today at Sutton and Patrick's press conference. He said, both these players are contagious to our whole locker room. This is the line that makes me go, wow. 
He said, if you let those guys go, you have no chance. And then went on to say, and those are the kinds of guys everyone looks up to. Wow, is that a bit of hyperbole? You have no chance? It is because receiver, the one thing about wide receivers, those are the easiest guys to find. No kidding. Effective, effective players. And it's the one reason, the one reason why you can question it is by saying, do you really want to be spending that much on the wide receiver position when the assets are relatively fungible? Well, there are two benefits to this in the short term. Number one, as we talked about earlier, if you are trying to make this team attractive for a Russell Wilson or a Aaron Rodgers to say, I want to come play there if I'm not playing with my current team, then that might help it out. The other thing is if you end up going with plan B, which is young quarterback, then you can afford to have a highly paid wide receiver. Right. I think then the next move beyond that, if you were going young quarterback, the next move beyond that would be to have your O-line fortified. Right. And you've already got the running back in Javante Williams. You have the pass catching core. You fortify the line up front. And that's where if you went with a young quarterback, quarterback I even though Cushenberry has come along the last few games especially, I would think long and hard about getting a veteran center. Uh-huh. I was because thinking the exact same the thing. thing. That, one of the yeah. things that failed Drew Locke, was his first full season at quarterback getting paired with a rookie center. Right. The ideal situation is you can have a young quarterback with a veteran center or a young center with a veteran quarterback, as we saw with Matt Paradis and Peyton Manning back in 2015. But you don't, and you're fine with both of them being veteran, but you don't want them both to be young because because they're responsible for pre-snap checks and calls. And when they're both trying to figure things out, it causes the offense to unravel from there. So if the that's going to be another tell as to what could be in play in the spring. If you see a veteran center coming in, that may lead you, that may lead all points to Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, or Malik Willis being on the Broncos roster by the end of April. Coming up after the break, we are going to look at what happened yesterday, specifically in the AFC West. And I think it is fair to say the Broncos should be concerned about a couple of things in a big way and not so worried at all about a couple of other things the other way. That's next. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see, so what's wrong with you? Wow, wow. Wow, wow, West. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Colorado Off-Road. They have all the major accessory brands for your truck, your car, your Jeep, your SUV. They're going to install everything. They're going to get you some aftermarket if you want that as well. Big box stores, they're not going to install. They're not going to give you some aftermarket. They just want to sell you something brand new. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Once again, quick programming note. We are going to be out of here in 
in about 10 minutes. Colorado State basketball against Northeastern is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour at 5.30. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Okay, very interesting games yesterday in division. Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. I'll tell you what I learned. You tell me what you learned. Number one... Playing taps for the Chiefs was a little bit premature. That defense has suddenly taken off, and just to put it in perspective, in their last four games, they are third in points given up, third against the run, sixth on third down, fifth in red zone. And I think we can say now their defense is for real because you could say, well, you know, they had the benefit of facing the Packers with Jordan Love and without they did. Aaron Rodgers. Right. But they held... The Cowboys tonight, now the people are going to say, oh, well, they were hamstrung at wide receiver yesterday. Well, they were missing a key guy. Yeah. A key guy. They that were, that they happens were, 10 games into a season. Yeah, they, they were missing Amari Cooper, but Cowboys had other, plenty of other talent out there, and they had Dak Prescott out there, a quarterback. Who, By the way. Who, who's enough? Put it this way. If you hold any team to nine points, you've done a very good job. Right. Period. By the way, I think that Andy Reid should send Vic Fangio a thank you card for giving – Everybody else, the blueprint on how to slow down the Cowboys. It's funny that Vic Fangio was able to create blueprints some weeks, but then yes. in other weeks has tactics that should immediately go into the garbage bin. Like, not- like, and actually, there's something to be said about the fact that they play, they seem to have it figured out against some mobile quarterbacks, but not others. Right. Like, they did well against Dak Prescott. Right. They did. Well, but he's not mobile like Hurts or Lamar no, Jackson. Right. They struggled, they struggled against Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, which is why if you're the Broncos, you're pretty concerned going against Justin Herbert next week, but that's another discussion entirely. With that, I was told the Broncos defensive players are not happy with the Ravens game plan, were thrilled with the Cowboys game plan, and then said, what the F, Vic? What kind of game plan is this for the Eagles? Yeah. But I digress. What did we learn about the Chargers? We already knew Justin Herbert is for real, but boy, did he put on a show. And for as bad as the Chiefs' defense was to start the season, now they're great. Well, the Chargers' defense looks like the Chiefs' defense for the first, like, six weeks of the season. Chargers have not allowed fewer than 24 points in their last six games after allowing 24 or fewer in their first four games. So it, that's it right there. This is a different defense than they had early in the season. It's struggling, although to their credit, made the plays where they mattered most at the end with the pass rush on that last drive that put the Steelers basic eventually in you know fourth and 32 from which they had no shot. But for the Broncos' offense, this is an opportunity. They, they need to put up a big number, and they might need that big number because – if the Broncos continue to struggle against quarterbacks that can go, that can that can pick up a quick thirty yards with their legs, Justin Herbert's going to cause them some trouble on Sunday. As for the Raiders, they are not going to get any love around here, and I understand it. But I was thinking about this last night. I'll be curious to know your take. Outside of a player, or an executive, or a coach dying. I cannot think of a team that has gone through more adversity in a single season in recent memory. It was apparently 
doable with John Gruden, but I, I don't think the Raiders have won since Henry Ruggs got arrested. Yeah. And by the way, they have the last two seasons they have lost every game that they have played without Henry Ruggs. Think about think about that. He missed th- he missed three games last year. They went zero and three. They're zero and three without him this year. So zero and six over the last two years, and then with him they are thirteen and seven. I mean, can you, I don't know if there's a a non quarterback who has that much impact on the team's win loss legs or over two year stretch as Henry Ruggs has, well, and he's not coming back. Well, Henry Ruggs. Helps out Darren Waller tremendously. Well, because he because he Stretches he draws the, the safeties right. out. It's not only Darren Waller opens things up for Hunter Renfro. Yeah, you have the Raiders are blessed with underneath targets. The problem is they don't have a stretch the field guy anymore, and everything offensively breaks down from there. Hold and on, then, and then the defense breaks you down too. Let me ask you something. Yeah, I don't know what this guy's future is going to be because he's been injured. But can't you make the case at least with the threat of KJ Hamler, the Broncos' offense would look a lot different. It might. Now, granted, I don't know how the guy gets on the field. They they just paid two right. guys enough money uh, where they're going to be set for a while with extensions. Then you have Judy. These moves tell me they don't believe KJ Hamler is going to make it all the way back you might and have well all the right. speed because it's not just he had the hamstring injuries and then he has the ACL. Yeah, I think this is if he comes back, it's a nice bonus, but they're not relying on it. Your stretch the field threat needs to be Cortland Sutton on jump balls. That's not stretching the field though. It it is but it no. is a ver- it is a vertical threat. It, yeah, but it's it's not it's, it's he's a, no, it's, it's not different. it's not it's, sep- different. it's not separation. No. That's and that's the difference between the two. Cortland Sutton isn't going to get separation downfield. Here's the thing. I'll ask you. Who do you need safety help with more? A healthy KJ Hamler or Cortland Sutton? If he's healthy, the KJ Hamler, but he's so rarely healthy. But but that's my point exactly. Yeah. That's my point exactly. But that's why. But, but that's hold why on. there are so few of those speed guys. No, no, I understand those, that. those small those small I get it. speed guys. They get hurt a lot. Base, I understand yeah. it. Cortland Sutton is not your blow the top off the defense guy just because he can get a jump ball. At the end of the day, you cannot cover a KJ Hamler or a Ruggs one on one. You have to have safety help. That opens up your offense. Cortland Sutton is not the answer because you don't need safety help on him. You just don't. Now, he's a terrific wide receiver, don't get me wrong. You want safety help on him. The guy but you, who could, but, you, yeah. but you have to have safety help on a guy like Ruggs or Hamler because it's, that's it's more likely that if you're going to find a guy who draws the defense out and spreads it out vertically, that it's Jerry Judy because he gets separation and then the safety has to come over and help when he gets open deep. That's where it's going to have to come from, and so maybe you need to consider using him in a different fashion than you have. But the Raiders look like they're absolute toast at this point. Yeah, I mean, they've lost. They've lost the last two games by a combined forty-six points, and they've got the Cowboys coming up on Thursday in Dallas. You know what? The Bron- it, the Raiders struggling actually kind of further opens the window for the Broncos if they can figure no things question. out. Because I think they can expect to win that game the day after Christmas. All right, that's going to do it for us. Alex, great job today on uh, MileHighSports.com, showing everybody what we look like. Danny, as for you, you were great again. Mace, glad to have you back in studio. 
coming up next. Colorado State basketball against Northeastern. Danny wanted me out at 527, 3, 2, 1.